This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. None of them look cool. I don't want to look like these people. And Willis. This is like the after earth of streaming. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really See, before we even start, I'm like laughing at the at the dinosaurs. What's <laughs> up? What's up, dear listeners? We are back. Uh, it yes. is another episode of Pixel Splitters. We missed last week. Sorry, yes. I was on vacation. Um, yeah. But we're here now. We certainly are. And we've got a lot to talk about, as we always do. We uh, do. We're going to start out and, and touch briefly on the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of kicking off the summer blockbuster season. Uh, we're yeah. just came out this past weekend and, uh, Josh has seen it. I have not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about how it's doing. Yeah. Um, the second thing we're going to talk about is a show that both Josh and I are fully caught up on, uh, <laughs> called Citadel, which we've talked pretty at length about on this podcast about, um, what on earth it is, what's going on, why it's coming. Uh, and oh boy. Uh, oh boy is right and then we're gonna pivot to uh a real topic as it were and talk about the writers guild strike uh we're going to parse through as much as we can uh about what's going on what's at Mm -hmm. stake what it means for the industry etc 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 um i will preface at the top that this is a wildly complex issue and um we yes. are keeping up to the best of our abilities, um, <laughs> yeah. but things are cha- I, I have no doubt that things will change in the couple days uh, between, between our yeah. recording of this and our posting of this. So, um, right. We're going to we're going to bring it to you best we can. We are. And this is an ongoing thing that we have no clue how long will last and what yeah. will come of it. So it's yeah. a lot of this is what's happening and then some speculation. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, uh, but. Before we get into all that, uh, Josh, yeah. let's run through the weekly releases. Yes, week. absolutely. Um, not, I mean, a lot is coming to theaters, but nothing major because nobody wants to, you know, schedule up against Guardians because sure. people know what's going on. Yeah. Um, but for theaters, we have a couple things, uh, all of them dropping on May 12th. We have Book Club, the final chapter. We have Fool's Paradise. We have Robert Rodriguez's Hypnotic, which I'm hyped for, and I yeah. hope that I can find it in a theater this weekend because I don't know if it's going to be like a wide release thing in 4,000 theaters or whatnot. But. Uh, I will shout out before we get too far uh, Fool's Paradise, mm-hmm. uh, Ray Liotta's actual final movie. Oh, it wasn't um, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I know. I'm a little sad about that. Ray yeah. Liotta. Yeah. In my, oh, this I is will the Charlie always... Day movie. Yes. 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 Which actually kind of looks. Yeah, we'll it looks see. fun. I we'll just see. wish Ray Liotta's last film was about cocaine. I know. Maybe there's cocaine in this. Who knows? Hey, it is Charlie um, Day. It is Charlie Day. <laughs> that, that, that I'm not accusing. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, and then we have Knights of Zodiac. Um, and that's it for theaters, for streaming. We have The Class of 09 uh, coming to FX and Hulu on May 10th. Uh, the Muppets of Mayhem coming to Disney Plus on the 10th. So jacked. Yeah. I'm are, you, are you a Muppets person? I am not like majorly, but I love some Muppets. My wife is not a Muppets person and it's one of the biggest problems in our marriage. 
Like at all. She's not at all. Yeah. No. Like doesn't get it. De- oh. Never watched it growing up. And like if you oh. didn't watch it growing up, then it's like. Yeah. You're like, this is what is this? It's a lot to unpack. It's a fever adult. dream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then we have City on Fire coming to Apple TV Plus on the 12th. Uh, Queer Eyes coming back for season seven on Netflix on the 12th. Uh, we have Mulligan coming to Netflix on the 12th. And RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars uh, coming back to Paramount Plus on the 12th. And then for movies, we have two smaller movies. Uh, one of them is actually a comedy special. It's Hannah Gadsby, uh, Something Special, coming to Netflix on the 9th. And then The Mother, also coming to Netflix on the 12th. So there's a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, odds and ends going on here. But, uh, but yeah, stuff to check out nonetheless. And without further ado, let's talk about some industry stuff. Yes. Okay, so let's start here. Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy Volume Three released last Thursday night. Technically, I, yeah, technically, for the pre-screen Friday. Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't. Know. I, I in my head, I'm always like, yeah, it opens on Thursday, yeah. and then there's only Friday numbers. They call it but, the Thursday preview, but I'm like, yeah. but it's open. It's open. You're there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like anyone can see it. Yeah. We're gonna be super focused this episode. I can feel it already. Yeah. Uh, so, opening weekend, we're looking at uh, is about 118 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, domestic, domestic, 170 million international for around 289 to 90 total opening weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which is not terrible. No, not great, but not not terrible. I mean, it's no, you know, what do we say? Avengers Endgame opened with like 280 million or something. Like yeah, that. something cra- yeah. in Spider-Man No Way Home, like you yeah, know, crazy numbers. But for Marvel, they got very comfortable with those numbers and you know seeing winter soldier civil war Endgame, infinity war all opening to the tune of 300 million dollars you know yeah. for three days is you know it's something and i will say you know i have seen guardians and i and i enjoyed it this is definitely um one of the higher quality marvel movies in this phase uh it doesn't really seem to matter now this is weekend one so we don't know but mm-hmm. Seeing that, I mean, this just makes me think like people aren't showing out for these movies anymore, no yeah. matter what, because they've been burned as not, we have. Not as over. bankable as they once were. Yes, which is, I mean, it's kind of crazy how fast it's starting to drop off right now. Um, and now, again, $282 million worldwide is good. That's a good number. Yeah. Um, but for this type of movie, when it's supposed to make like a billion by the end, I don't think it will. Yeah, you know, I really don't think so. It's weird because so after we'll say Endgame and then Far From Home, Mm -hmm. like after that, we've had a string of MCU films that just like are either not that great or like Mm -hmm. fine. I mean, we're looking at Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, Eternals. Spider Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange Multiverse, Thor: Love and Thunder, and then Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. So like, um, oh, and Ant Man. Quantumania. Um, mm-hmm. But like none of those are standing apart like Thor Ragnarok or Black Panther or uh, Civil War or, you know, whatever. The any first of the earlier, movie. Yeah. And yeah. the earlier things. So, yeah, I think people, this is a long winded way of saying, like, I don't think these box offices have the draw they once did. Right. Which is a, is a little exciting, to be honest, because like I want. 
it's been a conveyor belt of just yeah. pumping these movies out, getting them across the finish line so we can continue this mm-hmm. universe building. And maybe this will kind of make them rethink their strategy and just make quality films because it's like, it's not all about that anymore. And like, I think quantum mania ended at like under $500 million like worldwide. Uh, and I'm not like, that, that far off. Yeah. That's really it's- not good for a Marvel movie when the budget was probably 250 to $300 million. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Plus whatever the marketing. Yeah. Quantum mania ended at 475, 475 yeah. million worldwide. So yeah, that's not that's good. Not like a billion dollars. No, no. And again, like that means it did, it probably just barely broke even like yeah. on what they spent. It'll be um, interesting to see if this ticks up next weekend. Yeah. Um, because you were saying that it's actually really good and that's got me more peaked to see it in theaters. Yes. And I think that conversation is probably happening a lot. Yeah. Um, but it'll also be interesting to see if like this is kind of like a new normal for the Marvel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it loosens the iron grip that superhero movies have had uh, for the past, you know, 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. It's it was a real era, like in a long. It really was, like yeah, yeah, that you can um, like actively see the start and end of. Yeah, yeah, and and we'll see also because we still have the Flash coming. Um, yep. I believe Aquaman is still slated Aquaman for too, the yep. end of the year. Blue Beetle, we've got a couple more coming. So, you know, and the Flash is one that they've been hype. Obviously, Flash is DC, but people have been yeah. hyping James Gunn being one of them, saying like this is a phenomenal movie, and I'm like, yeah chill like there's no way that this movie is as good as you guys are saying i'm sure it's good but like come on like be real yeah. right now <laughs> they're like this is this is gonna save cinema and i'm like, okay um so we'll see i i do recommend seeing it it is a fun time it's a good it's got some heart to it so um and much different than the other movies that have come out recently so speaking of things worth seeing yeah so there as of this recording are three episodes of Amazon's Citadel. Yeah, baby. I believe by the time this recording is released, there will be a fourth. fourth. Yeah. So I guess quick (laughs) background. Uh, Citadel is Amazon Prime's or Amazon video, Prime video. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Spy thriller brought to you by the Rousseau brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, starring Richard Madden and Priyanka Chopper Jonas mm-hmm. as the lead two spies, and then Stanley Tucci and Leslie Manville as kind of peripherals. Um, mm-hmm. Where on earth do we even start with this show? Well, let's start by saying this. This was originally pitched as Amazon's billion dollar show. Yes. Other billion dollar show besides Rings of Power. Yes. Um, this was going to be, and we 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 only know about this because the Russos were like tasked with basically EPing this and getting it across the finish line because of their vision for what this is. It was not created by them, but it is their like thing, and you can feel their fingers in this. Um, so yes. off the bat, we were skeptical because it's like just from the premise does not sound very interesting. Yeah. And having seen three episodes, it is not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> at all. The the other thing I, I will qualify is like 
this is already being set up as like a, a huge shared universe. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but mm-hmm. um, there's going to be spinoff shows in different languages set in the Italian Alps, India, Spain, and Mexico. Yep. Um, so like this show is a core show for a bunch of other stuff to come uh, has already been renewed for a second season. They are full tilt into this show. Yes. What do you think of this show, Josh? <laughs> uh, I can't believe for one. I can't believe that I pressed play on it. I did it because mm-hmm. I hate myself and, uh, and I just needed to know if it was as bad as we thought. And this show is, here's what I'll say. This is quite possibly the most generic show I've ever seen. Yeah. In my entire life. It's, um. it, for, it's not, for me at least, I feel like it's not that it's bad. No. There's just nothing about it. It's uninspired, completely uninspired. Except for they steal from every other spy movie you've ever from seen. From every other spy movie. In the first episode alone, you're like, what? <laughs> so, I don't know where, because I'm like, if this was, and I think you texted me something to, to this effect, but if this was like a show on like FX or, or the CW. CW or just like some kind sci-fi. of like gen- sci-fi, this has sci-fi written all over it yes it's super generic i guess the two main characters have like okay chemistry that was one of my that was one of my big things when i was watching the first episode i was like if these two can't act off of each other this is going to be unbearable and like they're they're fine they're fine but like it's just there's nothing i think when we were first talking about this i one of us made the comment of um it really wants to be James Bond. Yeah. But it doesn't have a James Bond at the center. Neither of them are James Bond. And that's so true. I'm like, they're just literally generic spies that are like kind of doing spy stuff. Even they're like MacGuffin. Yeah. You know, that like they're kind of memory loss slash not really. Yeah. Slash like they're, you know, they have like the MacGuffin that's like a literal just case that um, also holds all the nuclear codes in it. Yeah, also their exposition code uh box yeah it's called um, the x case yeah um it's just like it it's insane to think that you could build something huge around this yes yes and i saw i don't remember what exactly but i think i saw a tweet that said something that was like this is a uh filmed version of a business model <laughs> you know, like this is a this is yes. a business model made into a tv show and it's like that's yes. exactly what it is is like everything here is like okay so we have like two attractive people and they're like flying all over the world doing stuff and like there's yeah like danger and gunfights and intrigue and this and like checking all these boxes that i'm sure like amazon's algorithm tells them are you know oh yeah are huge um and then like it feels to me like uh the directors of each of these are given like a checklist Mm -hmm. of like 
every episode has to have these 37 things. Right. Like, oh, you can like get a little experimental here or there, but like these these are what we're planning for this. Mm-hmm. This is what like these are the boxes we need to tick and like that's going to get us to here. Like someone has mapped this whole thing out. Yes. And like to the degree that it's just like there's no soul in it. Yes. I'm I, I'm I think I'm with you. I'm going to hate watch the whole damn thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm on board for this now. <laughs> I, uh, I I've almost gotten comically engaged in it. I, I sent you the thing where uh, they have the X keys that they're ch- chasing. Yes. Um, and it the it's a mile away. It's point nine 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 seven miles away. And uh, the one ten thousandth of a mile is about six inches. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I check my Twitter. I broke down the whole thing. But, um, it's so you know, they're going like half a mile an hour in this car. It's uh, so funny. But, um, I, yeah, I'm just like, I just read that it was renewed for a second season, which I can't believe. But I feel like they're like too into it. Like they can't not do a second season. They're yeah. Like we've put too much money into it. We and like, to. yeah, they can't not do a second season because it has to still be going when the other five shows right start up you know and they've put themselves in a weird place because the show is and i was watching with my roommate and we were just absolutely dying through the whole thing because it's it's like you it's almost like a show that you can't even describe because there's nothing to describe like it's not funny, it's not thrilling, it's not sexy, it's not intriguing. Like there's no edge on it. It's yeah. just like It's just there. It's just there. Yeah. And like in the third episode there's an entire sequence that takes place in a flashback, which they love that, where they're on a mountain and he's like skiing down a mountain and the mm-hmm. whole point of that scene is just to like kind of understand their relationship together but the whole thing is so dumb like him skiing down the mountain i was like this is the least cool thing i've ever seen and it's, it's not some shot of the well. worst cg i've <laughs> seen in a long time i so i bad. honestly feel like i could get in front of like a green piece of piece of cloth in my living room yes and like match the level of quality that's there which is like one of those things if you're gonna build something huge around this like it needs to be amazing Yes. And like the fact that we're just getting so into the details to tear it apart is like mm-hmm. that there's nothing to engage. No, no. It's it's a weird thing. Um, I also watched Ghosted on Apple Plus. Yeah. Which is very much the same kind of thing of like there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like beat, 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 beat. Like, Look, attractive people. Look, baseline plot. Look, here's, you know, this, you know, plot device that gets this go like literally almost beat for beat the same kind of thing. And it's weird. And I'm like, I, I the more I think about it, I'm like, this is something that it's just like algorithmic dictation of like, well, this is so, you know, we know that something has to happen in the first 30 seconds. Otherwise, they flip away. Mm-hmm. So, like, when we get to the 30 second mark, something happens and then we're going to go here and like, you know, like it's like almost I hesitate to use the word AI, but it's almost like an AI kind of like here's the path of least resistance to the end of this story. Yes. <laughs> Which is literally just like what it is. And I'm like, <sighs> I think it's going to be I think we're at the tip of a very large iceberg of like. A lot of this stuff's going to just come at us. 
Yeah. Which like, I think we've seen that kind of thing before Yeah, where it's like, here comes like a bunch of stuff that's like, oh, like this is the vibe. Yes. Let's throw a bunch of money at it until people start ignoring it, you know? Right. Exactly. And when you said AI, I was like that I I made a tweet. Like when I first saw the show, I was like, this is what we can expect from AI. Like Mm -hmm. this is exactly written and made by AI. Like this, this feels like people crunching numbers and coming up with like the best possible outcome with a formula. And it's like, that's not what this is, man. Like you need to have some kind of create creative thought going on to make an engaging, interesting show. And it's just not, there's just nothing there at all. It's so wild to me. There's nothing there. I, I started looking for, after the first episode, I started looking for like, where's the creative like notes here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the only thing I saw is they do this like upside down, like yeah, rotating the- pushing. Yeah. yeah. And they've done it four or five times in the first three episodes. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, is that your, that's, that's it. That's your throw it out. That's like, here we go. This is what makes us unique. This rotating like, wow. camera move. And I'm like, Okay. It's also just kind of jarring because I'm like, I don't know why this person's upside down right now. Right. There's no reason to. <clears throat> yeah, it's not motivated. It's just. I, <sighs> have you also know, and we can move after this, but mm. like, did you notice how bad the lighting is? Like, Yeah. Well, there's so we've <laughs> we've talked before about the the Rousseau brothers and their love of doing everything in post. Yeah. And everything is in post. Everything. In I, I texted you when I first started watching it. There's like a, a a Grubhub bag. Oh my god, yeah. In one shot, and then like the next shot, there's like a Ford magazine, I guess. But just the, with the Ford logo, but like just with the what it's is like not that? a logo. It's just like here's like a pamphlet, like he's gonna buy a car or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's really bad CG. And I looked at it and I went, is this like gonna be different? Like this feels very Amazon to me. Of like we can put. We have this show. We can put whatever advertising thing you want mm-hmm. in this show. Like, mm-hmm. I almost want to like go back and rewatch. Maybe this is something I should leave a note for myself. But like, mm. when season two comes along, go back and rewatch the first season uh, and yeah, yeah. see if those are the same ads. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's because po- that that's definitely happened on podcasts before, where I go back and I yeah. re-listen to something. And it's like they've cut in a new current advertiser. Totally. And I'm like, I would bet money that Amazon was, I mean, we've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> we get, we can talk about their, uh, the steal them. We look. have, we have to, we have to. Okay. So dear listener, <laughs> we'll touch on this really quick. Cause we have an actual real topic to talk about. I know so this is fun. Bashing though. on Amazon. Uh, but <laughs> if you go to amazon.com, uh, and you go to the Citadel page, there's a little link to the right that says shop official Citadel merchandise looks from the show and more explore here and you go and the main page it brings you to is shop the look and it's got shop nadia's look <sighs> shop mason's look and shop bernard's look who are the three main characters there and it's literally just links to amazon products yeah and like not the expensive ones no like 30 dollar like leather jacket yeah like nadia is wearing in the opening nadia is uh uh priyanka Priyanka Chopper Jonas's character character. Yeah. Uh, stumbled through that one. And it's like, it does have the dress. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in their luxury store. It's two thousand dollars. Good God! Sorry, nineteen ninety-five. Sure. Um, but it's also got a handful of things. It's like, or you know, here's a Steve Madden red blazer and women's velvet elastic waist flare red pants. Right. For thirty dollars or forty dollars. Right. Right. It's literally like here's a, a link. Like and we predicted this like a long time ago. Like, we literally did. Like, see this stuff that's in the show. You can buy it. But this is not a good show to do that for because it's they're so nondescript that you're just like, yeah. I can't remember what any of them were wearing at any given time. Yeah, none of them look cool. Not, I don't want to look like these people. <laughs> yeah, and like none of the things that are linked are exactly like what they're wearing. Right. And like none of them look like they're high quality products. Is all I'm saying. No, it's the weirdest thing for this to be the one where they're like, we're pulling out all the stops for Citadel. And you're just like, this is garbage. I mean, that's the thing. Like, business plan wise, pre this coming out, totally makes sense. Sure. This is like the after earth of streaming where it's like we've got this whole thing planned and it's going to be revolutionary. And then people are like, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. If you say so. Oh, God. Amazon. I, I don't. They also sell know. popcorn so you can uh, snack and stream. They sell specific popcorn uh, for you to eat while you watch Citadel. I don't even know what to say to that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, watch Citadel, I guess. Like, it's terrible and it's funny to watch. Like, I literally, like, we're going to, me and my roommate are, like, now dedicated to hate watching it, the rest of yeah. it, because we just were dying the whole time watching I'm it. Like, I'm, like, into hate watching it, but I'm also, like, if it gets much worse, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sit through it. I know. It's rough. It, it's really, really rough. Um, But. I also really don't like Stanley Tucci in it. I feel like it's the wrong casting. He feels like he doesn't want to be there at yeah. all. And his line delivery you're like, was that a joke or was yeah. that a, what was that? And then he doubles down on it and you're like, so that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh God. So this is what happens when you don't have good writers on your show. Folks. Yes. <laughs> Which leads us right in to our final topic, our real, the only real topic we well, have Well, let's here. not disparage the writers of Citadel, whomever okay, they may be. True, but true. like. But come on, dude. But I'm, a lot I'm, else is going on there, yeah. I'm having tr- trouble, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As we stumble into the, here we go. Yeah, uh, God. So, the Writers Guild of America. Here comes yeah. the big topic. Uh, stick with us. We're kind of into it, but hey, yeah, we're good. Yeah. So, last Tuesday, May 1st. Yes. The Writers Guild contract with the AMPTP, which is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Yes. Expired. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been negotiating for quite a while uh, to try and find equitable ground in terms of pay and a bunch of different stuff, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, mm-hmm. The AMPTP represents most, if not, I think pretty much all studios. Yeah. Um, yeah, in yeah. The negotiation. So it's writers versus studios. Really. Right. What's what the, pa- the people with the money versus the people who are looking for the money? <laughs> yes. Um. So as of recording, we are what day eight? I believe strike? so. Eight or seven um, or eight. eight. Or seven yeah, or eight. Yeah. Thereabouts. Um. Which is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Because in TV, at least, 
Uh, nothing's getting written right now. Nothing. So where do we start with this? I feel like we have to start with what the issues are. Sure. Because this is not the first time there's been a writer's strike in this our lifetime. Not. It's not. Yeah, there was one in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that. It was really disheartening because it was like... Yeah, it's like the one-two punch. 2007 was the year before I graduated college, and the mm-hmm. writers went on strike. And then 2008 was the year I graduated college, and the economy collapsed. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, bam. But yes, uh, so in 2007, the Writers Guild struck. They've also mm-hmm. done it several times in their their founding. I think it was 85 uh, mm-hmm. was the one previous to that. Yep. Um, but it's always kind of been about new technology. Um, yeah. In 2007, it was about online rights. Mm-hmm. Um, this was pre-streaming. Yep. So, you know, it was more like, a oh, YouTube is starting to create a, create content. Like, this stuff's starting to have a distribution. Right, People can right. buy digital copies of films, you know. Right, um, exactly, yeah. And there was no kind of metric built into their contracts to address that, and they couldn't get together. So that was 2007. Fast forward, it is 2023, and mm-hmm. we are looking at a similar kind of thing. Yes. In that new technologies are arriving, and the industry is changing, and yes. the WGA is looking to make sure that their members are taken care of, as is a union's job. That's what they're there for. <laughs> um, so... There's a few main issues. Yes. And I said that this at the top, but I will reiterate now. We are reporting what we kind of understand to be true. Um, yes. It's very complex. There may be things that we're not fully encapsulating or not fully communicating. Right. Um, please, please, dear listeners, go and like do research research and try your best to understand where these writers are coming from because right. it is important and it is like – a massive group of people who create all of the content that you consume. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> that being said, uh, qualifier, qualifier, qualifier. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so there's a few big things. Uh, mm-hmm. Streaming residuals yes. are one. The idea of, uh, you like know, continued you payment for something that, that yeah. is continually just on Netflix, you know? Um, right. Usually in the past it was like, Oh, something goes into syndication and it's doing reruns on FX or something like that. And, Dot, 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 dot. And there's right. there's a system in place to deal with like syndication and all that kind of stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. with continual streaming things here, there's not really a good conversation in place. No. Um, so they're looking to address that. Right. That's number one. Um, and that's for domestic and foreign streaming rights. The foreign one seems to be a little bit more of a, a sticking point at the moment. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 Because U.S. stuff is like you can kind of standardize around what's going on, but there's so many variations Yes, out in the world. Okay. Everybody still with me? I've said like one thing. <laughs> um, one of the other issues is shrinking writer's rooms, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, when, when something's written, when a show is written, there's usually a, a group of, I won't say how many because what do I know? But, you know. It a, depends. A, yeah, it depends. But like a a large group of writers who are brought in to write a show and continue yeah. to write a show as it goes. Um, and that's slowly been kind of diminishing in the number of writers that are kept in a room mm-hmm. and then how long they're kept in a room. Right. Um, yes. That sounds bad. Not that they're being kept in a room. Uh, no, but like con- but contractually like, yeah. and the way that things work and how long they're yeah. part of the writer's room. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so that's two. So we've got streaming residuals, 
shrinking writers' rooms, and then uh, there's the concern of AI in the writing uh, world. Yes, which has become uh, very much a big issue very quickly. Yes, yeah, which is becoming like a large sticking point for it. Um, yes. So those are the three big things I have written down. Let me bring up, make sure I'm capturing everything here. Uh, and then there's the the normal contract stuff of... Um, like getting paid more. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> uh, Increased compensation overall. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, wage increases, yes. Yes. Um, and then there's also the WGA is, is accusing a lot of the studios of creating a gig economy uh, within mm. the union, which is... Which is kind of the same thing we were talking about with uh, the shrinking writing rooms mm-hmm. in that like they're like, oh, yeah, you can come and work for a week on this show. That's your gig, you know. Right, right. And which kind of ensures that no one has a consistent line yeah. of work, especially even for these things that are like a TV show that's on ongoing, you know, and it could be something where you're like a day player or something like that. And it's just like it's it's odd. <laughs> yeah. So those are the main kind of things going on, I believe. To yes. The, to the best of my knowledge. Um, totally, totally. And it's hard to argue against any of it. Yeah. Like, that's always my default thing is I'm like, when I'm, uh, I hear an argument, I'm like, okay, let me like try and validate in my head what the counter argument would be. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's tough because it's like, there is some stuff that I'm like, well, you know, like with the AI stuff, there is a big issue of like AI work can't be copyrighted. So like, where does that fall in and what's that kind of mean? But it's like, <clears throat> sure. The idea of not trying to make a deal based off of things like that. Yeah. Is kind of tough to argue against. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because over the last, you know, seven or so days, we've really seen true colors of a lot of the studios. Yeah. Um, a lot of the studio-owned, uh, like, news outlets, like The Hollywood Reporter and Deadline, and, like, there's a lot of places who yeah. kind of, you're starting to see the ugly side of things creep out. And it's funny because it's like, do they not know that it's totally transparent what's going on? You know, it's yeah. they're trying to vilify the writers basically saying like you let you're you're stripping all of these people of all of this amazing stuff like what how how dare you how could you be doing this you know yeah yeah it's i like, mean there's, are you kidding me <laughs> there's a lot of conversation so one of the big things that happens that is happening right now is a lot of the main shows dear listener that you love to watch are getting either delayed or like pulled out of production or mm-hmm. what have you simply because like they don't have writers on there and right. like you can't really do it without a writer, you know, I, like I think uh, a lot of people may assume that like, yeah, you write something and then it goes to production. It's like, no, it's it's a continual, continual process, you know. Yeah. Um, and this is a big thing I remember that happened in the 2007 strike. A lot of shows kind of had to like pump the brakes and then figure out what they were going to do. And a lot of shows got completely derailed because you know, they didn't have like an adequate writing team or they had to kind of like patch together something quick. I think yes. it was heroes heroes. Um, heroes got completely derailed, but I think it was because they had written like 
half of the second season of Heroes. Mm -hmm. And they try to just like expand that out into a series. And I'm like, it just doesn't work. And there's a lot of stuff that's been pulled from production that I'm kind of like, well, this is kind of terrifying. Um, yes. You know, that like there's a lot of big shows here that are just in danger right now. Um, yeah. I think big ones that people may know um, Hacks on HBO, um, Stranger Things, Severance, Cobra um, Kai, Abbott Cobra Elementary, Kai, Yellow Jackets. Um, mm-hmm. My wife, Jess, will be disheartened to hear that. Uh, <laughs> but it's like one of those things. I think Yellow Jackets, the strike happened. Uh, the second day of the season three writer's room. Right. Uh, right. Like when it started. And it's just like, yeah, it's like this stuff is just going to, it's going right. to flounder until it like production wise starts to fall apart. Right. And then you can't really patch it together. You no. know, like. No. It's, and and for it, those of you who don't know, with a strike like this, it's not like a, oh, like may, go, you can, do you want to work? Or it's like you if you're part of the union, yeah. you literally cannot write as soon as the strike starts. Yeah. You cannot write. You will be fined. It's not, you cannot write anymore. Like even people like Edgar Wright, like I've seen lots of tweets where they're just like, it's pens down. That's yeah. it. We're done. You know? Yep. And it can be frustrating for a lot of people because it's like, well, I'm in the middle of like my passion project and it's like, but that's the way it is. And that's like that yeah. to gain fair compensation these are the things that we have that have to be done, you know, yeah. unfortunately, because this, you know, the way that if capitalism it, works, <laughs> if it doesn't all stop, then the, it's the not strike is, is ineffective. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's not really, I would say, an end in sight here. No, um, no. From what I've been hearing, it doesn't seem like they're anywhere near. No. A deal. Of any kind. I've heard nothing of the sort. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, the 2007 writer strike, uh, I think went on for, I think a uh, hundred days for, yeah, I want to, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. 14 weeks and two days. Yeah. Three months, eight days. Yeah. Yeah. There. Okay. Well, I think we just said the same. We said the same thing. A <laughs> hundred days. Yeah. Different yeah. <laughs> um, which is wild. You know, that's like yes. a huge amount of time for nothing to be produced. And things are um, always being produced, always on yeah. the move in Hollywood. And and like the thing to think, too, is there was nowhere near the number of television productions in 2007 that there are now. No. We're, no. And we'll feel it, too. It's like I feel like in about. Well, actually, I don't even know how fast it will be at this point. But yeah. I feel like, you know, in six to 12 months, we'll say arbitrarily. Yeah. There's going to be like a a drought. It's going to be like a time where it's like, oh, all of this stuff and six to 12 months, you know, assuming that it is amicably. Right. They find like, an ended, agreement. <laughs> yeah. In some kind of close time. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're going to feel this. We're going to feel this for years. Yeah. Um this is big. <laughs> yeah. And and it's worth saying too that all of the night uh all the late night shows are out, like yep. not doing anything right now. You know, Kim O'Fallon, Seth Meyers, like they're just mm-hmm. none of those. Yep. Uh just run it Saturday Night Live is down. Just running yeah. reruns. And like yep. 
It's the way it has to be, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's not crazy. It's measured and and reasonable, I think, on the the uh union side. Right. Oh, um, it's crazy that this has to happen. It's crazy yeah. that like and the asks are not they're not like we all need a million dollars. Like it's not something yeah. every single thing is completely reasonable. And I love it too because the guild and everybody who's been striking, like they keep putting up these graphics of how much and the people we talk about all the time, how much Zaslov and Chapek, yeah. or I guess Iger now, like how much these people are making every single year and how much profits each of these studios are actually pulling every single year and yeah. seeing the number next to what these people are asking for to be compensated for making the things that make these people that money is just it's astounding we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars per year for these people yeah and like you know a, a fraction of that to go to all of the people in the guild. It's just yeah. like, it's it crazy. Is, it is literally, it's interesting because, I mean, not to get away from our, our centralized topic here, but like unions in general, I feel like we don't hear anywhere near as much about them as we, as we, as was said in like, you know, the eighties and whatnot. Sure. Um, he says, not knowing really when that whole union thing went down, you know, 80s. <laughs> sure. Yeah, whatever. Sure. It um, sounds right to me. <laughs> um, Like, we don't hear about unions that much anymore. But like this, what's going on right now is exactly what unions are supposed to do. Literally. You know, say what you will about what they're asking for. I'm sure there are people who are landing on both sides. Sure. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there are executives at all of these different places that are like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me. Like this is crap, you know, but like, say what you will, like this writer's union is doing exactly what it was created to do. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, protect its workers. I don't. And it's like, I don't think any of them are asking for anything unreasonable. No, you know, there's like a debate of like, well, you know, like, Shows are shorter now. Like maybe you don't need 15 people on eight episodes, but it's like, that's not really the conversation that they're even having. It's like, no, we're just like trying to stay in the group and in production and like keep making great things for you, for you. Like that's, it's, it's wild. I, it's yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I've worn myself out at this point. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, you know, there's just like stand with the writers guild guys. Like it's yes. These, these are the guys that write everything. You know, we talk about producers and executive producers all the time, but like, these are the guys that come up with the stuff that you see on TV. Yeah. There, it, there is no, it. yeah, there's no TV. There's no, there's none of this stuff without yeah. these people. And, um, even reality yeah. TV, if you think yes. that's not scripted. Oh, come on. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't know if there's, there's definitely. There's, I don't know no. if there's reality writers in the union, but. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, but either way, it's. Yeah, this is one of those things that um, I'm glad that we have social media right now for this very reason because in 2007, like, granted, I was younger. This wasn't something that like everyone was aware of. Mm -hmm. You were aware of it if you knew, and you were aware of it when you understood, like, oh, okay, all the quality has gone down because of this for this yeah. period of time. But this is huge. This is everywhere. This is on Snapchat and TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and like it is being pushed everywhere. And 
the demands that they're asking for, it was something like a 3% bump in pay for yeah. some. And it's like putting that juxtaposed with that graphic of Zaslav made $254 million yeah. last year. It's like, you can't look at that and go, yeah, I think what they're asking for is unreasonable. Well, and I've seen <laughs> apples and origins arguments in yeah. that term of like, well, yeah, they're like, you know, they get paid $200 million, but that's like not like a production budget. That's like part of the bigger. But I'm like, it has been evidenced a lot. Uh, I remember specifically there was one CEO. I don't remember the company, but there was one CEO that took a massive pay cut. So everyone in the company could make 70 grand a year. Like mm-hmm. you just like across and it worked. And so it's like, you know, say what you will about it being apples and oranges. I'm like, that's all like semantics. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like it's dollar bills in a bank account mm-hmm. that are just being pointed somewhere. Right. I had a whole thing <laughs> in my head about that whole debate earlier. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, it's it's yeah. Stand stand with the WGA. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy to think that this stuff is still going on. And obviously like the studios like to take advantage of the new technology and the stuff that comes up because there is no, there's no like literature in place to like kind of protect people from that. So of course, when streaming comes along and residuals aren't really a thing anymore, they're like, well, we don't have to do anything about this because like no one has talked about it and there's nothing already in stone. So like, let's just keep going this way because it's making us a lot of money and we also don't have to pay them anymore for it. So like, that sounds pretty good to us. And that's just what happens with all this new stuff. So of course, with the times changing every few months now, this is going to happen a lot, you know, that we're going to yeah. probably see like contracts being rewritten and people asking for just fair compensation on stuff because technology is changing and the world is changing. And of course we got to keep up with the times. And, you know, I hope that this isn't like a, we are settling for this type of thing. I hope it's just hold the line until you get exactly what you want, because that is the only way to kind of make real change in these yeah. scenarios. And it has to be a big one. So. Well, and it's one of those things that's like, you know, to, to quote Moneyball, it's like the first one through the wall gets always gets bloodied, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like a lot of these conversations about streaming residuals or AI in the industry or uh, what, what have you. Yeah. Haven't been addressed before and need to be addressed. And exactly. You know, um, yeah, we will for sure keep you updated on what happens because this is a yeah. unfolding this, situation. This may become <laughs> a running segment on next yeah. letters of <laughs> Strike Watch 2023. Yes. Um, um, but so, I mean, hopefully not. Like, hopefully they can yeah. resolve something fast and everybody can get back to work because, you know, as much as uh, like the strike is important and everything like that, it is also like affecting people's livelihoods. Yeah, a hundred days without getting paid is a lot of time to not get paid. (laughs) And, you know, we we said earlier, like the the writers are touching everything and that's just a ripple effect. Like all of the people who work on all the other shows. Yeah. Who are standing with the WGA are going to be going to be hurting, too. Exactly. It's it's yeah, it's a it's a whole it's it affects the entire industry top to bottom. Yeah. And uh and it's also cool the amount of actors that I've seen on the line too, yeah. and just being like one. There's so many more actors in the WGA, WGA than I thought, mm-hmm. but also them all being like, "Yeah, 
this is of course yeah. of course we have of course these are the people that make us look good like what are you talking about like we you need see, these uh, people you see pete davidson delivering pizza to the yeah. line yeah yeah and he looked like he just woke up or something yeah. i mean <laughs> pete davidson always looks like he just woke i know up, he does um, um all right but yeah on that note on that note my brain hurts now um, it does too yeah mine does too go wga Pixel yes. Splitters is behind you for whatever that's worth. For for we yeah, whatever that's worth, we are behind. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, so let's bring it back. Uh let's yeah. do some recommendations. Um, let's do it. It occurs to me now at this moment that we should have done like a recommendation of like a show that had great writing or something like that, but Yeah, yeah. Uh we didn't it's, do that. We didn't do that, no. Hindsight. Um we're it's okay. since it's been a little while, it's been a couple yeah. weeks since we've we've chatted up with y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh we're gonna just recommend the last great movie that we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty simple prompt. Very simple. Abnormally simple prompt. Which is good because like today I was not about to think a lot about this. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah. way. <laughs> I had to go through my letterbox diary and pick a good one. I, I, um, I had a hard time because I was like scrolling through the films I watched. And all like, the shit that you've been consuming. these are really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, tune, into, tune into Tuned In on oh, Sunday yeah. and, and hear the great hear stuff all, we've been watching <laughs> hear all about it um so yeah and great is very loose i'm just gonna say that <laughs> yeah yeah um do you want to go first sure all right um mine is a movie that has been recommended to me by a bunch of people for a long time and like it's one of those ones at some point like about two-thirds of the way through i went have i seen this movie Ah, but it's a very old movie. It's a movie from 1992 called Sneakers. I've heard about this. I've never seen it, though. So Sneakers stars Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, River Phoenix, Dan Aykroyd and Ben Kinsley. Um, Yeah, it's a stacked cast. Heavy hitters. Um, And it's a uh, it's a heist movie, honestly. Um, Oh, it's interesting because I want to like look at it in terms of when it happened because it's very similar to like a lot of high, it's very Ocean's Eleven-y. It's very Mission Impossible-y. It's like, you know, there's, you know, Robert Redford's the main guy and then Sidney Poitier is like an ex-CIA agent who has all these contacts and then River Phoenix is like a thief who can like, you know, imitate anybody, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd's the tech guy and, you know, the Ben t- Kinsley's the villain and like all this guy. stuff. Um, it's very early 1990s um Mm -hmm. but it's really good um it's weird because i'm like i went into it being like oh this is just gonna feel like a knockoff of everything but i'm like i don't think it is i think it's like the originality of all the stuff that i'm like oh thinking of oh interesting you know what i mean yeah there's definitely like i definitely feel like mission impossible was influenced by this movie Totally. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's going the other way. I think this was there and people have been drawing from that for a long time because it is really good. Um, yeah. And it's like fun. And it's just kind of like, I don't know, directed by um, Phil Alden Robinson, who I mean, who, you know, from like uh, Field of Dreams, some of all uh, mm-hmm. Um Fletch. He wrote the original Fletch, I guess. Uh, Damn. OK. You know, you know, like. Uh, a solid, solid guy. Totally. Um, it's it's been one of those ones that's been on my watch list for a very long time. Yeah, but was not streaming anywhere. So I've been like, uh, yeah. mm. and then it popped up on stars, and I was like, hey, here we go. There you go, sneakers. Yeah, sneakers. It was a seven a.m. Saturday. 
uh, watch. <laughs> and that's a true Saturday. That's, a, it, it, that's like a great Saturday morning. That's like I was thinking earlier uh, when you were talking about or I guess not earlier. Um, tune in on Sunday. You were mm-hmm. talking about uh, Evil Dead Rises. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking I'm like, that's probably going to be a 7 a.m. movie for me. And I'm like, that's not really but sneakers. Perfect. <laughs> 7 a.m. Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Yeah. That's a yeah. well, you'd probably enjoy it either way. But yeah, I mean, I, um, you know, I watched um, All Quiet, All Quiet on Western the Western Front <laughs> at 7 a.m. on a Saturday. So I'm like, it's not going to get wilder than that. So. True. It can't be as. Yeah. That's a very intense. <laughs> if I can have specific, a normal day after that. Yeah. I'm going to be fine with anything. Yeah. You're good. Um, That's uh, good. I need to watch sneakers. I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's on stars. You have a star subscription, right? I do. Yes. Yes. Um. Ugh. All right, and then what is your recommendation, Josh? So my recommendation is a Ridley Scott movie, Ooh. which um, I was going to say, oh, like earlier, but I guess tune into Tuned In, and we talked about Ridley <laughs> a little bit there. Um, yeah. uh, that is from 2017, and I had seen, but I don't think I really watched it. I don't know what happened, but I, mm. I don't remember anything about this. And this is his uh, his third Alien movie, Alien Covenant. Mm. Um, which is technically a direct sequel to Prometheus, which um, yes. if you, I'm not a big Prometheus guy. I find it to be needlessly confusing and like uninformative in a way yeah. that I find kind of infuriating. This movie answers the questions that you want to know in Prometheus as to ah. like what the hell is going on. And it is really interesting because this is definitely the meanest alien movie that he has made and definitely the scariest alien movie yeah. that he has made. I think it's scarier than the first alien movie. Mm. Um, uh, it stars uh, Catherine Waterston as our protagonist. Uh, we've got Michael Fassbender as two different androids in this one. Uh, Amy Simons is in this. Billy Crudup, uh, Danny McBride. It's a really, really great kind of like like mix and match bag of actors that are really good together. Yeah. Um, and this movie follows the Covenant, which is another ship. It takes place eleven years after Prometheus, which, if you've never seen Prometheus, okay. the the ship disappears, and so we have yeah. no idea where it is. Um, and this ship is essentially a colony ship, so it's traveling to another planet to basically colonize it. So you've got embryos and a bunch of passengers on board, and it's a long haul uh, trek to get to this other planet. They, of course, come out of hypersleep early because something happens and they find this new planet that is not somehow they never found it. And it's perfect for their. Of course, it's perfect for, uh, you know, what they need to what they need to do. And, uh, uh, you know, they go down to the planet and things take a nasty turn very, very quickly. And then it becomes an alien movie. (laughs) And then it becomes an alien movie. And. Man, this movie is scary. It is like yeah. there are there are a couple sequences that I'm like those are top tier horror sequences that are just like visceral, graphic, but really well made because it's Ridley Scott and he knows what he's doing with that kind of stuff. That's just I don't really find that these days. And um, for an alien movie, I think it's just just really really great. All the characters are amazing. All of the actors do their jobs really really well. And it's just a really upsetting, dark, awesome alien movie that uh, by the end, it the ending is like just perfect. You're like, mm. this could not have ended better. It's just the tonality. You're like, it makes you feel so bad. You're like, yes, this is perfect. Interesting. Um, I was, so <laughs> I was thinking the other day, and this might 
push me over the edge. But I was thinking the other day, I feel like I have to do like a full Alien series watch. Ooh. Because it's it's been a long time since I've seen some of the Alien movies. Yeah. You know, I'm like, Alien, I, I saw a few, I rewatched a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't know when the last time I watched Alien 3 was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've definitely seen them all, including yeah. the AVP <laughs> movies. But like. Jesus. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't seen Alien Covenant, but um, sure, sure. I'm like, it, uh, that would be a fun, like, week to r- just run through all of them. It could be, and what you could do now is you could do because it, Prometheus and Alien Cover- Covenant are basically they might even do one after this, but they're basically direct prequels to the first Alien movie. Mm. So Prometheus and oh, then Covenant. So you could watch it chronologically. Leads into Alien. Interesting. Not like directly, but you it's the backstory of what's I going wonder, on. I wonder if someone out in the internet has done a chronological order of all of the Alien, Alien. and all of the Predator movies. I don't know that you could because, because I like, don't think they match up. <laughs> no, I know, but like even just like Oh, I mean I'm sure it's like, you know, there's probably enough hints in one of them and any of them to like, be sure. like all right well this was like right. you know, I know oh, wait, i'm thinking of like te- prey and like you know wait is technic is a avp technically the first alien movie because it takes place in like 2004 wait a minute Ooh. <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no because all the other alien movies take place way in the future yeah yeah, yeah. So AVP is technically the first alien. <laughs> See, now I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my night now. It's like, get on the internet and be like, t- give me the, the timeline list because <laughs> that would be so much fun. I I almost really want to do that right now. It's just like, find an order for all of the Predator and all yeah. the alien movies. <laughs> and try and line them up. Which would be really depressing if it started with Alien versus Predator. I know. <laughs> it's just it's like, like, it right, doesn't make any the sense. same, and then we're just going off in two branches. Um, yeah. But yeah. Prey would be pre- uh, Mm-hmm. AVP. That would probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it'd be Prey, then Predator, like basically the whole Predator series up to yeah. AVP. Well, but I don't know where the, like the Adrian Brody Predator Oh yeah, you know that's, that's further down the line. That's just, other. They have other planet technology there, so exactly. Ooh, or so I've heard. Ooh, See, and then the, <sighs> and then there's the uh, the 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 Shane Black one. <laughs> yeah. See, this is what I'm saying. Oh, dude, this is your project now. You're gonna. This do is this. my project, and I'm like, <laughs> it's gonna be really disappointing because it's gonna be like a Predator movie, an Alien movie. And then like predator, 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 yeah. predator, 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 <laughs> and then all alien, the alien, 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 alien. <laughs> and we like that's disappointing. But anyway, um, technically, um, Prometheus starts like before humanity starts. That's true. So like, and then goes forward, and then goes forward. So I'm like, maybe I just have to watch that section of it. For, I don't know. And then I'm cut it, and then MCU go back. You <laughs> chaos here. And then Fede Alvarez is making an alien movie right now. So. I can't believe um, we haven't had an alien or predator series perk oh, up yet. I think there's a licensing issue there. I yeah. think that Ridley's like F off. Now, he came back to do two more movies. I think it's like <laughs> hell no. Yeah. This is mine. <laughs> um so I yeah, that oh, we've just completely dissolved. We've gone on Safari here. Alien and Predator. <laughs> uh Alien Covenant is not available to stream, but you can rent it for three bucks. I bought it for four because I'm like, I just yeah. can't yeah, why not? So um but yeah, Alien Covenant is my recommendation for this week. Awesome. All right.
What the hell was my recommendation? Oh yeah, sneakers. sneakers. <laughs> a really that, not good, not a good double feature. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. No, that one. No, that's a no. Friday night, Saturday morning. There you go. Feature. Yeah. There you go. Um. Perfect. Uh, all well, right. Well, let's bring it home. Uh, yep. Let's let's kick into the social stuff here, Josh. Where can people yeah. find you on the internet? Oh man, people can find me on the internet on Twitter uh, at Josh Fuller thirty three. Fuller is spelled with no e. You can also find me on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J Fuller. And where can people find you, Willis? You can find me on the internet on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Letterboxd at Willis Film. Uh, check out my tweets about Citadel. Um, yes. And if you want to find the podcast, you can find us on pixelsplitters.com or you can find us on Instagram at pixel splitters. You can find us on Twitter at pixel split pod or you can find us on Letterboxd at pixel splitters. We can find all of our recommendations, including sneakers and alien covenant. Let's go rock and roll. <laughs> um, I am so excited to uh, look at this list right now. Uh, I, I'm it's kind of making my head spin trying to put them in order. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the, it's gotten to be one of those things that I'm like I'm going to be severely disappointed in the internet if it just right. doesn't like come up when I'm when I oh it's it. it has to there's no way there, this hasn't there's no done. way this hasn't there isn't someone who saw Alien versus Predator in yeah. what, like 2004 yeah and just hasn't been like I'm keeping this oh yeah I'm keeping this timeline intact oh um, yeah I'll leave it to Paul W S Anderson to throw everything <laughs> out of whack <laughs> hey and we can't forget about uh, Alien versus Predator Requiem. Directed by who? AI? Directed like, by, like, um, it was a, I don't remember his name. It was a, uh, isn't it just what AVP on earth is Requiem? AVP Redemption? I don't know. We don't have to go there. Colin, Str the Strauss brothers? Oh, it's a film? Fan film. Oh, they did Skyline? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. They, oh, no. That was, they got the, uh, they got the gig because they were cg artists and like i as i recall the cg in alien vs predator requiem don't quote me on this is pretty baller it's not bad the yeah. filmmaking is bad but the cg is pretty good the filmmaking is like can't see what's happening but yeah. uh if you brighten it like on your tv there you, you can almost make out what's happening so avpr um, yes secondary okay. recommendation all, all right, right. <laughs> that's enough i'm gonna that's go it. google this list yes um and uh, I will talk to you next week, Josh. Yes. <laughs> End of pod.